Meet Luke Pearson. There isn't one right answer for where I want to go in life, but as long as I find myself out in the wilderness listening to birds and frogs and insects, that's never a wrong answer. I have the utmost respect for a lot of musicians in the world, but the top musicians are non-humans in my opinion. Luke is a wildlife sound recordist. He recorded that track in northern South Africa along the Limpopo River. But Luke is more than someone who captures the sounds of the natural world. Luke is a composer, a musician, a naturalist, and a teacher. I have been a musician my entire life. I have somehow fallen into the role of a naturalist and environmental educator in recent years. But I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and my first uh, music teacher was my father. So I was involved at a very young age. I was encouraged to explore um, the world of sound and music. And I graduated from a performing arts school, went on to the Berklee College of Music in Boston. And it was really while I was in Boston, that I came across my passion for the outdoors. I had grown up in a rural spot outside of Louisville, and I always enjoyed being outdoors. But it was interesting to find that I had to move several states away to an even larger city to really discover or rediscover that. And it was because I came across a book by Bernie Krause called The Great Animal Orchestra. And as a musician, it just blew, it blew me away. And that's really kind of what sent me down the path of you know, following my, my passion for being outside and really just learning to appreciate the natural world that you can spend your whole life in and never really figure out. So I currently work for the Louisville Nature Center as an educator. When I first tell people what I do, it's a little bit of a... Uh, it's a little bit tricky to pinpoint and communicate it in a way that they understand. But once I kind of tell them where I'm coming from, it kind of makes sense. Um, like I said before, I've been a musician my whole life. And it was really that book by Bernie Krauss that kind of spawned this uh, interest in a different career path. The book that Luke's referring to, The Great Animal Orchestra by Bernie Krauss, is part autobiography, part tribute to the sounds of the natural world, and why they're so important. Like Luke, Bernie was first a composer and a musician, playing with the likes of Pete Seeger and the Weavers and the Doors, and then going on to score the music for the movies Apocalypse Now and Rosemary's Baby, before turning his attention to the sounds of nature. It wasn't anything that I had really planned. It was just me following the direction that I thought was that at the time, <laughs> it's all in retrospect, you know? So that book sent me 
looking for how I could satisfy my interest, this new interest in being outside and recording the natural world. So I, I, I met, went directly from Boston. I flew to the middle of Iowa, which I had never been to. I was taking a class called acoustic ecology, which at the time I had never heard of, but I thought, hey, this sounds really interesting. I have a great family that can help me pay for it. Been very fortunate in that sense, but I discovered this whole new world there. And and yeah, after I completed that class, I, I told myself, this is totally doable. It's no longer like something that I thought was impossible to reach. Like I can actually go and record sounds and share with people in a way that makes sense and is also sustainable for myself. And that was the same year that I went to South Africa. That was the place where I, I fell in love with being outside and just listening. After that, I went back to the U.S. and studied wildlife biology. I went from a music school that had no science classes to a very science-oriented schedule. And it was a bit of an overcorrection for me. I, I kind of went and went back to meet in the middle as a musician and a naturalist. I asked Luke to tell me more about his trip to South Africa. I was kind of tired of the routine of being in music school. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I thought, hey, a big adventure should surely spawn some direction. I came across this artist, Francisco Lopez, who he was in charge of the workshop. He's touched a lot of people in terms of outreach and through through his workshops, like these sound recording workshops. We spent a couple weeks on the Conservancy. We would get up at three in the morning, super dark. We would ride out into the the savannah and just set up recorders and listen for hours. It was a really eye-opening experience because these are people that were total strangers to me at the beginning. I was definitely the youngest person, not by a lot, but I was the youngest person. And some of the people there were from New Zealand, Japan, Europe. I mean, they're all over the place. So anytime you have that sort of exposure to different cultures, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome experience. There were people from Skywalker Sound in California. Needless to say, I learned a lot from these people. And really, I think my time with them was just as important as my time in the wilderness of South Africa. It was an eye-opening experience. There isn't one right answer for where I want to go in life, but as long as I find myself out in the wilderness listening to birds and frogs and insects, I mean, there's, that's never a wrong answer. So, The path Luke has chosen isn't an easy one. Corporations don't line up to hire wildlife sound recordists and nature educators and musicians and pay them big salaries, although perhaps they should. I asked Luke why wildlife sound matters and why he's devoting his life to it. It's really easy in our world to to just dismiss the natural sounds as being unimportant because they don't affect us on a day-to-day basis. But I try to think very lightly of myself and very deeply of the world around me because there's nothing in the world that revolves solely around me or any one person. And that's very obvious if you take the time out to go outdoors and listen to the soundscapes 
every individual organism is responding to each other and listening to each other. And that's been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. And yet somehow it's really hard for people to do that with each other, let alone different species. So if we can learn to rediscover what it means to interact with the natural world in that sense, it can also benefit our own species. I try to communicate that in my education programs because a lot of these people that I'm teaching are, well, it's in the cities. Even though we heard a lot of traffic and a lot of human-induced noise, it was really cool to hear people being able to smile every time they heard a bird or every time they even heard another person because it's, it helps you wind down. If you just think of each individual sound, instead of thinking, oh, I got to do this in tomorrow or I have this plan going on. You know, there's so much running around in our own heads, but we just take a minute to stop and listen. We realize the world doesn't revolve around us and we can appreciate other people's perspectives. I like to think of listening as engaging with a story that's not our own. And if we can just start to engage in stories that are not our own, then I just, uh, there are so many benefits. During our conversation, I made the point that listening and hearing are two very different things. We all hear, but we often don't listen. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think it's important to make the distinction of listening is not necessarily just the aural sense because it's not just sound by sound. It's engaging an entire wide range of our senses. For instance, like some uh, experiences I have outside are not aural or they're not listening with my ears necessarily, but it is attuning to the world. Like when I see a butterfly, that doesn't make any sound except for they're very quiet sounds by the butterfly. I can, I can still listen to its story and appreciate the many hundreds of years of evolution that took place there. And the same is true for people that evolve in their own ways. As we closed in on the end of our conversation, I asked Luke to help me understand how his role as an artist makes him a better naturalist and a better science educator. I discovered the power of art in in terms of teaching science and, and the environment when I actually went to study biology and ecology, because as an artistic person, it was very difficult for me to learn using standard learning tools in an academic setting like that, where we're constantly analyzing scientific papers and formulating research. Some of the best scientific papers that I come across are ones that include some form of art, whether it be really, really engaging visual graphics or supplemental videos and and audios, uh, audio files, or something something along those lines. And that really kind of of interested me because I always knew that for me, art was the best tool for learning, but I didn't know if that was going to be universal across the board. Children have this incredible brain and incredible imagination. But yeah, teaching children, it's, it becomes very apparent that art is, is a great, great tool for learning. And that's exactly what artists are doing. They're trying to experience the world and interpret in a way that makes sense for them. And finally, there's the question of curiosity. 
I asked Luke if curiosity has played a role in his professional evolution. It's hard to think of a way that it hasn't influenced my life so far. I have been very fortunate to have an experience of life early on, uh, surrounded by people and places that supported me and fueled my own curiosity. And I think that's really important, especially from an early age, to be encouraged to follow that curiosity. So I try not to block my curiosity, and I'm always asking questions. And I think that's why I can be very good as both an artist and a scientist. Luke Pearson, composer, musician, naturalist, educator. I leave you with this. Requiem in the Mountains, an African savanna at dawn, live at the Mabolela Conservancy in South Africa, both recorded by Luke. For the Natural Curiosity Project, thank you for listening, and thank you to Luke for sharing his time today. We'll see you in the next episode.